Hello, hello. It was just 10 o'clock. I turned to do something else and now it's 1123. <clears throat> trying to put out these podcasts and put out this work. Um, we're reading from American Captivity Narratives and we're reading about Mary Rawlinson. As I said before, Mary Rawlinson um is white women taken excuse me by natives had to get some water there so let's continue the first remove now away we must go with those barbarous creatures with our bodies wounded and bleeding and our hearts no less than our bodies about a mile we went that night up upon a hill within sight of the town where they intended to lodge. There was hard, there were, there was hard a, by a vacant house deserted by the English before for fear of the Indians. I asked them whether I might not lodge in the house that night to which they answered, what would you love Englishmen still? This was the dolefulest night that ever my eyes saw all oh, the roaring and singing and dancing and yelling of those black creatures in the night which made the place a lively resemblance of hell and as miserable was the waste that was there made of horses cattle sheep swine calves lambs roasting pigs and fowl which they had plundered in the town some roasting some lying and burning and some boiling to feed our merciless enemies who were joyful enough, though we were disconsolate. To add to the dolefulness of the former day and the dismalness of the present night, my thoughts ran upon my losses and sad bereaved condition. All was gone, my husband gone, at least separated from me, he being in the bay, and to add my, to my grief, the Indians told me they would kill him as he came homeward. Our children gone, my relations and friends gone. Our house and home and all our comforts within doors and without all was gone except my life. And I knew not but the next moment that might go to. There remained nothing to me but one poor wounded babe, and it seemed at present worse than death that it was in such a pitiful condition. Bespeaking compassion, and I had no refreshing for it, nor suitable things to revive it. Little do many think what the savages, what the savageness and brutishness of this barbarous enemy. I, even those that seem to profess, more than others among them when the English have fallen into their hands. Those seven that were killed in, at Lancaster the summer before upon the Sabbath day and the one that was afterward killed upon a week, a weekday were slain and mangled in a barbarous manner by one-eyed John and Marlboro's praying Indians, which Captain Mosley brought to Boston as a Indian Toby. 
excuse me, the second remove. But now the next morning I must turn my back upon the town and travel with them into the vast and desolate wilderness. I knew not whether it is not my tongue or pen can express the sorrows of my heart and bitterness of my spirit that I had at this departure. But God was with me in a wonderful manner, carrying me along and bearing up my spirit that it did not quite fail. One of the Indians carried my poor wounded babe upon a horse. It went moaning all along. I shall, I shall die. I shall die. I went on foot after it with sorrow that cannot be expressed. At length, I took it off the horse and carried it in my arms till my strength fell and I fell down with it. Then they set me upon a horse with my wounded child in my lap and there being no furniture upon the horse's back as we were going down a steep hill, we both fell over the horse's head at which they like inhuman creatures laughed and rejoiced to see it. Though I thought we should there have ended our days as overcome with so many difficulties, but the Lord renewed my strength still and carried me along that I might see more of his power. Yea, so much that I could never have thought of had I not experienced it. Um, after this, after this, it quickly began to snow and when night came on, they stopped. And now down, I must sit in the snow by a little fire and a few bowls behind me with my stick, with my sick child in my lap and calling much for water being now through the wound, falling into a violet fever. My own wound also grew so stiff that I could scarce sit down and raise up. Yet so it must be that I must sit all this cold winter night upon the cold snowy ground with my sick child in my arms, looking that every hour would be the last of its life and having no Christian friend near me, either to comfort or help me. <clears throat> Oh, I may see the wonderful power of God that my spirit did not utterly sink under which my affliction. Excuse me. Still the Lord upheld me with this gracious and merciful spirit and we were both alive to see the light of the next morning. The third remove. The morning being come, they prepared to go on their way. One of the Indians got up upon a horse and they set me up behind him with my poor sick babe in my lap. A very worrisome and tedious day I had, I had of it. What with my own wound and my child's being so exceeding sick and in a lamentable condition without her wound, it may be easily judged what a poor feeble condition we were in. There being not the least crumb of refreshing that came within either our mouths from Wednesday night to Saturday night, except only a little cold water. This day in the afternoon, about an hour by sun, we came to the place where they intended um, an Indian town called 
when I miss it. Northern Quabog, when we were when we would come, one the number of pagans, now merciless enemies, that there came about me, that I may say as David, Psalms twenty seven thirteen, I had fainted unless I had believed, etc. The next day was the Sabbath. I then remembered how careless I had been of God's holy time. How many Sabbaths had I lost and misspent and how evilly I had walked in God's sight, which lay so close upon my, unto my spirit that it was easy for me to see how righteous it was with God to cut off the thread of my life and cast me out of his presence forever. Yet the Lord still showed mercy to me and upheld me. And he was wounded, and as he wounded me with one hand, so he healed me with the other. This day there came to me one Robert Pepper, a man belonging to Roxbury, who was taken in Captain Bears, Captain Bears his fight. And he had been now considerable time with the Indians, now a considerable time with the Indians and up with them almost as far as Albany to see King Philip, as he told me, and was now very lately come into these parts. Hearing I say that I was in, the Indi in this Indian town, he obtained leave to come and see me. He told me he himself was wounded in the leg at Captain Beers, his fight, and was not able some time to go. But as they carried him, and as he took oaken leaves and laid to his wound, and through the blessing of God, he was able to travel again. Then I took oaken leaves and laid to my side, and with the blessing of God, it cured me also. Yet before the cure was wrought, I may say, as it, as it is in Psalm 38, 5-6, my wounds stink and are corrupt. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. I sat much alone with a poor wounded child in my lap, which moaned night and day, having nothing to revive the body or cheer the spirits of her. But instead of that, sometimes one Indian would come and tell me in one hour that your master will knock your child in the head. And then a second and a third, your master will quickly knock your child in the head. Um, let's stop there. I didn't remember. I read this, but you know, what I find interesting about it is why she didn't use the oak leaf for the baby. Or maybe she did and just didn't mention it. And then, two, you see how much latitude they have, right, with um, being able to move around, being able to see each other, and you match that up with when you're captive to Europeans, what you have to go through, or when you're black and you're captive to Arabs, what you have to go through. Because I can assure you, there's not a lot of free movement like that. And more than likely, if you were wounded, if you were black, if white people had you, they probably would fix you up because a wounded slave is not worth much. 
So it's interesting. These these captivity narratives are very, very, very interesting. Very um and you can see and people do this all the time. They never deal with how they became comfortable. Only that these group this group of people is wrecking our towns and making us uncomfortable and capturing us and driving us through the wilderness. Um so that's that's the thing. You 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 can't when people say well forget about the past, what are we gonna do going forward? What are we gonna do now? We have to look forward. Run from those people because they're shysters. They'll stab you as they're saying it and then ten minutes later say, Hey, that was ten minutes ago, but what are we gonna do now? <laughs> so you get that whole concept that you forget what happened, how, then then you can't fix anything going forward if you don't look at what happened because you got to understand how you got to the point where you are. And if you don't do that, you're just going to keep doing the same things over and over, which most people who tell you, let's forget the past and let's go forward, that's what they're doing. They, they probably did something in the past, don't want you to look at it and don't want to deal with it. And when it just either they either that's it and or they just want to um keep um harming you over and over again, doing the same thing they did before and hoping you will give them the trust again and again to keep just destroying them. It, it it's a disgusting thing. I know people like that. It's gross. But um, be careful for those type of people. Be careful. Um, into. Um, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. If you want to support the podcast, you know what to do. Hit the links. Give directly. Become a sponsor. Um, I've been keeping the schedule. I'm kind of proud of myself. I think it's been a month. So I'm doing a lot of podcasts. Four week. Um, four readings. My videos, I'm doing seven a week because I do readings and then I do videos for the support group on my Patreon page um, where we deal with issues and we come up with solutions for our problems. Uh, I find that it's, it's great. People are not taking advantage of it, but it's great and it'll be there. The best thing about technology is this stuff will be here when I'm gone. And um, I couldn't ask for anything. Well, I could ask for more support while I'm alive, but it is what it is. <laughs> I can't force people to be thoughtful. I can't force people out of their delusions. All I can do is offer a way out or offer a way towards reality, a bridge to reality. And um, so I'll keep doing that. Take care of yourselves. Until next time, please be safe. It's really getting rough out there. And um, if you're one who drives past all the, the horror, still be careful. Because just because you don't see all the horrors that are happening, you still got to get out of your car to, to pump your gas. You still got to get out of your car to go to the store. And the horror is there too. So... Be careful and be safe.